Welcome to Magic Time, round two, game one, post-game. I'm Scott Squires, and we are live on location at St. Louis Burr and Grill in Moncton on Mountain Road. And we are here because the fine folks at St. Louis Burr and Grill, Moncton Dieppe, are the presenting sponsors of Magic Time. Joining me on the post-game, as is the usual, my broadcast partner on NBLC Live, Moncton Magic Games, Dave Tingley. And Dave, we always enjoy doing the post-game podcasts, but we typically enjoy them a little more than we probably are going to enjoy tonight's round two, game one, post-game podcast, Halifax Hurricanes, Moncton Magic, and uh, overall, really not Moncton's night. I'm well into my third beer already, Scott. Well <laughs> <laughs> no, I lie, but I, I could I could easily have been after that uh, after that second half sixty two thirty six was that the math you did for me there right yeah it was it was ugly and the more I the more I get distance from the game and think about it the more whew, frustrating it is to, to think about that that second half I mean it was um, it was nothing there was no rocket science to it it was a team that played harder than the other team and that was evidenced early we talked about it all night right from the opening tip about how the the opening of uh, 22 to 6 at one point it was in rebounds for Halifax and that was when with Moncton had a, having a 5 point lead it was almost impossible math to figure a team that was out rebounding at 22 6 you still had a 5 point lead but that, there it was and uh, but they just kept working, kept working, kept plugging away, kept plugging away to Halifax, and they just found their way back into the game. But um, I mean, the magic of I mean, I talked to Nick Evans after the game, and he said, "Look, you know, back to the drawing board," which is a tough phrase to use after game one of the of the Atlantic Division Finals. But I mean, he said, "We're gonna have to go watch tape and really, really be critical on ourselves," and they're gonna have to be because that was. That was a terrible performance in the second half. It really was. No secrets between these two teams. You know, they met in the playoffs last year. Halifax eliminating the Moncton Magic. They played six times in the regular season, although tonight was the first time they had played uh, in two full months since uh, February 18th in Halifax. But again, no secrets. These teams know each other well. But And, and Moncton, you know, they, they had a pretty good start. They had an 11-point lead after the first half, but the rebounding story was a story for the entire game. Halifax just seemed more determined inside. Positionally, they seemed to be boxing out much better than Moncton, and it wasn't that they did it in spurts, did the Halifax Hurricanes. It was pretty much a constant all game long. Having watched this team, the Moncton Magic, all season long like we have, Dave, can you put a finger on exactly where it went off the rails tonight in terms of the the glass? You, You can't, but I mean, look, there, a lot of those early offensive boards were off of long misses. The Halifax Circuits were 0 for 14 from three-point range in that first half. And a lot of those offensive boards came off long misses. And Nick Evans talked about in the postgame, and he's right, they got to work because that the initial defense up into that shot was stellar for the Magic in that first really two-and-a-half quarters was really, really top-notch. But where they went wrong was, uh, and Nick talked about it. We got to get out on our, we got to get out and and hedge screens and four big guys get out and, and challenge the ball handler on the screens. We got to recover to our guys. We got to challenge shooters. But when the ball goes up, we have to be we have to be, identify the guy that needs a box out and get to him and put a body on him. And we did a terrible job at that. And he's absolutely right. They just did a terrible job identifying who needed a body on them, and uh, they just ate them up. But then in the second half, it seemed a little bit different. The, uh, Halifax was getting the ball into the paint a lot more. They made a few threes, but 
uh, just in the third quarter, but really didn't spread to the fourth. They made a few threes, but they got into the paint, and their and their follow-ups, their their um, uh, their offensive boards in the second was largely just outworking the Magic down low, or out no jumping over them. A, a Joel Kindred, a Joel Kindred um, tip in from the weak side comes to mind. He just uh, Wayne McCullough had him boxed out, and he just went over him, just went over him. Another time when Nick Evans got knocked to the floor on, a, on an offensive room, that was just uh, Lufiel coming in and shoving him out of the way and laying it in. They were just, they just wanted it more. They were more physical. They were tougher. And the Magic don't get out-toughed very often, and they got out-toughed tonight big time. And it's interesting how coaches have a way of having some kind of sixth sense. I did a, a pre-series podcast with Coach Joe Salerno the other day, and we were talking about the series and a number of different things, and one of the players that he identified on the Halifax Hurricanes that he thought you know, could really be a difference maker and somebody that Coach Salerno wanted to look out for and wanted his team to kind of be aware of, there's a lot of weapons on Halifax, let's face it, but the guy that Coach Joe Salerno pointed out was Jordan Washington. And for my money, Jordan Washington was probably that guy that really kind of led the charge for Halifax. He was the player of the game, Scott. Yeah, to kind of get it going, and, and he was a real spark plug for Halifax. What did you like most about what Jordan Washington did tonight he, for the Hurricanes? He was, we talked, we talked, and I talked at length uh, before the game. I got to the, the arena nice and early tonight, about 5 o'clock, and, and Coach and I talked for about 10, 15 minutes, and he talked, we talked a lot about Jordan Washington, how he was—he was talking about you, you know they, he couldn't—they couldn't have possibly digested all of Halifax's forty games this year, but he lo- watched them at length and said he didn't quite—he he had a feeling that Coach Leslie would go to him with a lot more minutes tonight in the series that he got during the regular season. He only played nineteen minutes on average in the regular season, fourteen points a game in nineteen minutes. That's high levels of efficiency and over well over 50% from the field. So, yeah, he's certainly capable of it, but he's had trouble staying on the floor. He said, he, I, we talked about on the broadcast tonight, he's had 169,000 a year, second most in the league in only in under 20 minutes a game. That's a lot of fouls, averaging over four fouls a game, playing 19 minutes. And he, he kept himself on the floor tonight. Just He only committed one foul, and he was super, super aggressive. And he's kind of like Billy White a little bit. He needs to rein in that aggression and channel it the right way. And uh, Billy got himself a little bit off the rails with some fouls in the second half, including his fifth one, which he didn't need to take. Could have let Halifax lay it in and keep himself on the floor. Didn't take advantage. Jordan Washington was very smart with how he used his physicality tonight. And he was a beast, and nobody could get in his way. Speaking of physicality, uh, a moment in the third quarter where pretty much everybody in the Avenue Center collectively second held their It was before, the second yeah, quarter, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was a big collision between Denzel Taylor and Jordan Washington, mm-hmm. who really was on fire to that point. He went down heavy uh, and left the game. And he came back, and really, he didn't miss a beat. So, you know, a tremendous performance tonight by Jordan. It was great to see him come back. Glad that he wasn't hurt to the point where he couldn't return. Now, on the flip side, you mentioned Billy White. Billy White, Corey Almond, you know, two guys that you have that you expect need to lead the way and be big-time players for the Moncton Magic. Again, this is only game one, but tonight, neither guy really got their game off for the Moncton Magic. Can you kind of wrap your head around... Was it more those guys just couldn't get into a rhythm, or was it something that Halifax was doing to them? Well, it was definitely something that Halifax was doing with, doing to them. Uh, with Corey, they had <clears throat> they just chased them off. They just chased them off of every screen that they could. But the Magic have got to get look. 
Corey's been quiet now for a couple weeks. He really they didn't need it in the St. John series. And he had a couple of he got a couple of loud quarters in the St. John series, but didn't have a lot of loud games. He's re, he's got to he's got to be better. He's got to he's got to make shots, or this team is not gonna gonna win the series. He's got to be better. And Corey would tell you that if he was sitting here just as well just as well as I am. But yeah, definitely a little bit back. I know Coach will go back to the draw board a little bit, and he's definitely going to find ways to get Corey shots somehow, some way. Whether that's uh, playing him on the weak side, maybe, and not running him off so many screens, or maybe he doubles down on that, and runs him off triple screens in some in some sense. You know, keeps those keeps those, keeps the ball moving because the the ball just did not move in the second half at all for the Magic, and. Um, when it did, when they got into the paint, uh, there were lots of uh, uh, Halifax hands deflecting passes and, uh, and knocking them up. A lot of missed shots with Halifax playing straight up and just bodying guys and being physical. And uh, yeah, and, and Billy with Billy, it was. I mean, look, largely Ramel Brown. Let's be honest. I mean, Billy tried to go out Ramel Brown a couple of really good finishes in the first half, but then quieted down. Tried to go at him a little bit, and Ramel. And he just he did he lost his his aggressiveness a little bit, and then he got into foul trouble, and that seemed to really take him out. And he really felt at times in that second half the team felt deflated, like there wasn't any energy lifting them. And Billy's got to be that energy guy, got to be that leader, and he's got to be positive. And he really got on some guys on the floor in a negative way, and he needed to be a little bit more positive. The negative was intended to be good. It was like you're not doing your job. Do this, and that 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 can be a sign of a good leader. But I think tonight they did a little bit of a positive energy lift from Billy, and they didn't get it. The other thing too is that Nick Evans had a lot of energy early in the game. You know, he was very demonstrative. He hit a couple of shots, and he was really talking, and and he was energetic, and he almost seemed to get taken out of the game in the second half. Uh, again, from that perspective. Uh, you know, can you point to something that kind of took Nick out of it? Because again, in, in the uh, early stages, off the hop in, in the opening quarter, he was kind of a, a real big energy guy and was hitting some shots. Look, I loved, I loved Nick. Nick was the guy that stuck around and did the post game interview with us. And a night like tonight, that's really hard. And I give him all the credit in the world for sticking around and talking. He talked really honestly and really uh, harshly about his own play, uh, saying that I, I've got to be better. I, I, I. I got my I got trampled on tonight. I didn't I didn't do the job in the box out. I didn't do the job offensively. Uh, he just was he just got caught up in that. And really, we've seen this before sometimes in the game of basketball. When you get so much negative stuff going on all at once against a really good team, when you lose that momentum that you had, um, it's tough to get it back again. And you talked about it in the first half how it really didn't feel like. 11-point lead. Normally, you go into the half of 11-point lead, you feel like you got momentum. It didn't feel like Moncton had that momentum. Really, it felt like it was a closer game than that. And I think that kind of, they, they lost their chance to build the momentum in that first half when they, when they got killed on the glass so much. And then in the second half, when things got going downhill, they just couldn't pull themselves out of it. And he was the same way. He just things They felt dis- discombobulated, and, and Nick got a, c- cut up in that. But I really give him credit for owning it tonight and saying, look, I'm going to watch so much tape the next couple days. I'm going to critique myself, and I'm going to be the, I'm going to be getting that. And look, we got a new hashtag for the team out of Nick from the post game interview. Great quote it says, "Look, we're about checks and championships." Hashtag checks and championships. I know John Richard tonight. He's hashtagging that on social media. And look, in sports, especially team sports, there always seems to be one team that another team finds to be the mountain to climb or the yep. hurdle to get over. 
And yes, I understand that it's different personnel, and it happens in all sports. You know, it might be a completely different team 10 years later, but they're still having the same issue with the other team on the other side. For the Moncton Magic, again, this is only their second year in existence, but Halifax has kind of been in the Atlantic Division, the kings of the hill. And yes, a lot of different personnel, but from the intangible side of things, how much do you think that that kind of Halifax being in Moncton's head kind of gets at Moncton? Because you mentioned body language and whatever. Certainly in that second half and into that fourth quarter, Moncton just almost seemed to be defeated. And it was almost like, oh, here come the big bad hurricanes again. What can, I mean, you've played a lot of sports. You've played at a collegiate level. You've played at a high level. What can the guys talk about and, and what kind of thing? Is it just a matter of beating them and that's it? Yeah, frankly, yeah. You got you got to beat them. At some point, uh, it's a great point that you made because and it's more true in basketball than any other sport. In the in the 60s and 70s, the Lakers had to try to overcome the Celtics and finally did in 1-1. In the 80s, it was the reverse. The Celtics had to overcome the Lakers and won, and then they won a couple. And then the Pistons late in the 80s had to overcome the Celtics. And then the Bulls had to overcome the Pistons. And the, and the Rockets had to overcome the Bulls. And it goes on and on. And now this in the, in, in today's age, now the, the Raptors can't get past LeBron. And now you know and uh, and and the Rockets gotta get past Golden State. It's 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 in truer in basketball than anywhere else. You get past that team and then you feel like you got the top of the mountain. And with guys like Clink Scales and Poole and Ramel Brown and guys like that coming back kind of multiple years, and with uh, Mike Leslie on the bench, they've got that repeatability factor, that style of play that, yeah, you okay, here, here it comes again, but yeah, there's only one cure to that, and that's stepping up, putting on your big boy pants, and beating them, and, they've, and the Magic, you know, you got some tough-minded guys in that room. They didn't show it tonight, you expect them to show it on Saturday, and much like in the NBA, Game 1, Orlando Magic defeating the Toronto Raptors, everybody expected... Okay, Toronto's going to come out and kick the crap out of them in the second game to really sh- send a message. I think you're going to see a team on Saturday, the Magic, that's going to try to send a message to Halifax, not just eke out a win, they want to step on them. Because I know that they took the way that game ended to heart, and we'll talk about that a little bit with the pools and the click scales and the demonstrative nature of how they ended that game. Yeah, before we get to that, let's just go back for a second. You would mentioned going back to the drawing board. When Nick Evans mentioned that, and, and you know, you know that they will. And I mentioned this on the broadcast, you, but Coach Salerno singled out defensive rebounding in particular as a key for the Moncton Magic to have success. What we witnessed tonight on both ends of the floor, the offensive and the defensive glass, where Halifax really had that wide margin. A lot of it was, you know, like you said, some long rebounds off of misses, but there was a lot of. Halifax underneath out muscling Moncton, mm-hmm. out positioning Moncton. Mm-hmm. As a coaching staff, and look, Joe Salerno has been around a long time. He knows his stuff. He's a great coach. He's the longest tenured coach in the NBLC. What can he coach to this team to change that around and to make the rebounding a different story in game two? Well, look, two things have got to happen. One, the toughness and the effort have to improve. And I think I think Nick Evans owned up to that a little bit in his post-game interview, too. And I think some guys will acknowledge that we got out-toughed a little bit in that second half. So that's got to change. And that can definitely change. They might not out-tough Halifax, but they can match that for sure. Moncton's matched it all year. They've been tough all year. They can definitely step up. But number two, yeah, 
box. Defensive rebounding is a lot about effort, but it can be X's and O's and coached as well. <clears throat> Nick talked about it in the post-game interview. You rotate out, you get back to your guy, the shot goes up. You gotta you gotta know where the where the where the guys crashing the glass are coming from. And a smart team like Halifax will do two things. They'll go, the shot's coming from that side of the floor. I'm on the weak side, the opposite side. I'm going to get positioned here because it's going to come this way. Or you find yourself under the basket. I'm going to put my, I'm going to, I'm going to get tough, and I'm just going to outwork the guy underneath the glass. And those, those two areas, they really did a really great job against Moncton. And they, we talked about. It in the, I made the point in the fourth quarter. Even when they didn't get the offensive glass, they were up and tipping balls. And, and Moncton was, Moncton didn't collect a lot of defensive rebounds. They. They they made they got possession offensively because the ball went out of bounds because Halifax was crashing the ball and that took away Moncton's uh, uh, transition game. There was no transition game because not only did they not secure even when they got possession back, it was a dead ball. So that was that really slowed things down for Moncton offensively. And now we'll go back to what you referenced a moment ago: uh, the closing minutes of the fourth quarter when it certainly appeared that Halifax had the lead and was going to secure the victory. Mike Poole, who was a great player all night long for Halifax, hit a couple of threes down the stretch to kind of solidify it. And he was letting the Moncton Magic bench and their players on the floor know about it. And even Cliff Klingscales. Terry Thomas. Terry Thomas was. Cliff Klingscales. Jordan Washington. Yeah, and the last couple of seconds, Klingscales with the emphatic pounding the ball. Dribble to to end it out. And you said it on the broadcast. And these guys are professionals, but most of all, they've got pride. You gotta think that that's gonna be something that they're gonna file away and they're gonna talk about, and that could be something. Look, in a series like this, in the playoffs, you gotta find little things to kind of grasp onto and to spur you on and to, and to give you that little bit of edge to come back. That might be something that Halifax, perhaps, and Moncton's gotta do the job, but perhaps could come back to bite them. But you know, what were your thoughts on it when what you saw? I mean, look, first of all. Halifax earned the right to be a little bit oh, ragadocious, listen. but 62-36 on the road in Game One. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can you can feel yourself a little bit, but it's Game One, and these are professionals, and they did a little bit of showing up a little bit. And okay, if you're going to do that, it, and, and Nick and I asked Nick the question in the post game, I asked him directly how he reacted to those sorts of that demonstrative nature of how they ended the game and he and he took the high road on it and he said look was it unprofessional and I agree it wasn't unprofessional it wasn't anything that went across any sorts of lines but there was definitely a point to it Halifax I mean they wouldn't have gone so far with it if it wasn't if there wasn't a point to it and I feel like they're trying to say we're the gorilla we're the big man on the block you can't beat us we're taking control of the series right now and Moncton has to react they have to be the tougher team in, in game two and they have to do uh, some X's and O's things but they've got to do some like I say put the big boy pants on and just realize that the Halifax has been here before okay they've lost Billy White but they retain a bunch of guys that have still got into the, the championship the last couple of years uh, and and, uh, and and do something about it uh, with, a, with the physicality and with the toughness of game two. And again, you know, you look at Corey Allman didn't get his game going. Billy White didn't get his game going. 
Marcus Lewis really didn't get his game going. So there's some things there that Moncton can look at and say, okay, a couple of those things turned around, we're going to be in a little bit of shape. But overall, what would you like to see different other than what we've talked about? What do you want to see in the first five or ten minutes in that first quarter from Moncton to know that, yeah, you know what, they did go back to the drawing board. They have made some adjustments, and, uh, yeah, this is a little different story. Uh, I want to see some bodies hitting the floor on the defensive glass. If you take a couple of if you take a couple of fouls because you're knocking guys on their ass uh, for Halifax underneath, underneath the glass, you know, or a guy's driving the hole and, and you put him on his butt and you, and you walk over, you help him up. I want to see some physicality. I want to see some attitude. I want to see some, you know, some, you know, chin up. What's Hutzpah, good word. Something that challenges Halifax, that tells them a pushback. You got to have a pushback, and it's got to be a li- sometimes somewhat of a literal pushback, okay? Physicality, but also um, you didn't you didn't break our spirit in that in the final minutes of game one. We're here we're here to sh- we're here to play, and uh, and they've got to have a good start to game two, um, both. Um, in, in, a, in, a, in a physical sense, in a physicality sense, in a toughness sense, uh, but also with the quality of play on the floor. And they've started the game really, really cleanly offensively, and they've got to have that clean start again with a toughness mentality. If they balance that out, game two will go a lot better. Well, there's some positives for the Moncton Magic as well. You know, I, I'm sure that they knew that they weren't going to sweep the Halifax Hurricanes. <laughs> Certainly. I'm sure they knew that they were going to lose at least one game. I'm sure they didn't want it to be at home, but that's happened. They've played well at Scotiabank Center. They beat Halifax three out of four games in Halifax on the road. So it's a series for a reason. you got to win four. This one game doesn't make the series. But again, for Halifax, you know that they wanted to come to Moncton at the very least get a split. They've at least got that now. Game two takes on a whole lot of importance Mets. on a scale of 1 to 10 Dave how important is game 2 for Moncton you, to get you, you can't go back to Halifax down 0-2 you can't it's a ten, It's a 12 out of 10 it's a 100 out of 10 I don't know what you want It's you have to get it you have to get it at, at all costs and um, yeah you cannot go back to Halifax down 0-2 I don't care how much success you've had down there you can't do it now, again, when you get into the playoffs, when things really tighten up, the defense gets stickier. Sometimes the whistles can get a little more frequent. But it is. It's a different feel. It's a different animal in the playoffs. We've talked about it before. We've talked about it with Coach Salerno before. And a lot of times you'll see coaches in basketball shorten their bench. They won't go to the reserves as much as they do in the regular season. But guys like Brad States didn't get any time tonight. Gentry Thomas didn't get any time. Joel Dondo saw some minutes, and he played well. Again, a lot of times it's got to be dictated yeah. by the flow of the game. But do you think maybe the coaching staff changes I'm, that philosophy a bit? I love that. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. You read my mind. This is we had to talk about this. Halifax scored 102 points tonight. Every point was scored by one of six players. They had six players score. That's it. They had six players score. Mike Poole, 24, Jordan Washington, 23, Terry Thomas, 21, Ramel Brown, 15, Chadrick Bluefield, 10, Joel Kindred, 9. That's it. That's the total scoring. Malcolm, Malcolm DeVivier had a great rookie season, didn't see the floor. <clears throat> Tyler Thornton played some minutes, six fouls, no score. Cliff Clickscales did not score a point. Meshach Bluefield, very few minutes. Chad Posmus didn't play. They sh- he shortened the heck out of his bench, right? And he went to these guys, and he played 
He played when Mike Poole got his fourth foul, kept him in. Keep playing Mike. That was halfway through the third quarter. He pretty much played the rest of the game with four fouls and lit him up in the fourth quarter and played great defense. Jordan Washington played the bulk of the fourth quarter. Uh, Ramel Brown came back in with five, played the bulk of the, the fourth quarter, finished with 15 and eight and at least three blocks and played really well physically. Yes, so you, it'll be very interesting to see. The Magic live on their depth, but we'll see. Second... Does does uh, how many minutes does a guy like Jason Kalise get, for instance, who's normally a guy in the twenty minute range? Does does that go does that go down? Uh, does he keep a guy on the floor that gets three four fouls? Does he does he bring Denzel Taylor out with two fouls, or does he just let him run? You know, we'll see what the, we'll see what happens. But but judicious use of your bench is really important in the playoffs if you're a coach, and it will be fascinating to see if that changes for Monka. You got to think. Halifax, you got to think, Leslie's shown his hand. I'm going to run with these guys, and these guys are going to be my guys, and we'll see if uh, if Coach Slarno makes it a different decision there. Well, we will find out on Saturday night, <coughs> 7 o'clock Atlantic, from the Avenue Center. It will be a very, very important game, too. Halifax now, at the very least, has a split. You know, Moncton, they got to have that game, too, and go back to Halifax, tied 1-1. Now, again, game two, Saturday night, 7 p.m. from the Avenue Center. You can check out Dave and I on NBLC Live. And, of course, we'll be back right here on Saturday night. And it's my treat day, Dave, so I can have uh, something special. Uh-huh. I'm having it tonight. What are you having tonight? I'm having some starters and shareables because it's half-price night here at... Uh here at uh, St. Louis. So I'm probably, you know me, I'm probably going to go with my cauliflower and then, I don't know, one of the 17 other things that I like here. I know it's not treat day, but I may steal one florette. Yes, you should. Of cauliflower from you. Did you notice that I know they're called florets? They're called florets. Florets? Yeah. yeah. You're getting better. You're, you're, thank you. Thank your you. Trey Magnifique tonight was no, on point. Thank you so much. I even called him numero 11. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I had to, a- after it came out of my mouth, I had to make sure that in my head I'm counting in French to make sure that 11 was yep, actually all. Uh, you, you made it. Well, again, thank you very much for joining us here on the Post Game Podcast live from St. Louis Bar and Grill, the Mountain Road location in Moncton. For my good buddy Dave Tingley, I'm Scott Squires. Thanks for listening. We'll do this again on Saturday night. Bye for now. And remember, friends, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.